Coming up on Stu Does America. After the national disgrace that was the QAnon riot at the Capitol, it begs the question of whether or not Joe Biden's inauguration ceremony will be secure next week. Police TV's Jason Buttrell joins us to examine the security issues surrounding the official transition to, of power. And of course, speaking of Blaze TV, Pat Gray joins us as well to give us his thoughts on what to expect in the coming days as well. Don't uh, don't miss uh, Blaze TV any night, really. Honestly, thank you so much for joining us this particular night. Don't forget to share uh, the show uh, with your friends and your family. You can find uh, links to watch us completely free on YouTube, Facebook, podcast, all of them right there. StuDoesAmerica.com. I woke up this morning thinking that the world felt a little different. Not in a things are getting better sort of way, but more in a I think I hit a round number in my show's episode count kind of way. As it turned out, I was 100% correct. So let's do... 200 episodes. Stu does America. We did it. <laughs> yes, we did it. 200 freaking episodes of the show, and it's still on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, take that rational thought. Uh, it's been 200 episodes. We're happy to still be here and still doing the show every night. We really appreciate your support. The show has grown quite a bit over 200 episodes and continues to grow uh, all the time. So thank you so much for doing all the things that you do as far as subscribing and rating and reviewing. All those things are great. Five stars is the appropriate numbers of star, number of stars. And just think, it's great, whatever. A little review here or there goes a long way. We really appreciate when you do that. Um, well, there is a little bit of an issue here. And I think probably... I just need to apologize to you, the audience uh, here, which is um, it seems like this show has brought on cataclysmic failure to the United States. I'm sorry about that. Like, it wasn't the plan of the show. We didn't plan the show and say, what if we start the show, which will bring on one of the darkest eras of American history? That wasn't the plan. I can say that. That was not the plan, it's just the actual result. It's the thing that happened, sorry. Hey, wasn't, when you took over, like what, wasn't the economy in a great, uh, in great shape? Sure. Was there a global pandemic? Not really. Uh, I don't know, was there lots of good things and very few bad things? No, but it was still a lot better than it is now. We're gonna take a look back at the, at the last 200 episodes. And what's, what's interesting about this is, I remember starting this show and thinking to myself, hey, you know, like it's going to be a fun show. Do some comedy, maybe have some laughs, take on some issues. It'll be great. I mean, it's been nonstop cataclysmic disaster ever since. So sorry. Sorry about bringing on this era of American history. This just this year, we start off with the coronavirus thing, of course. Uh, February 10th was right, like right when this show started. Uh, global death toll passed 1,000 on its way to coming here and killing pretty much everybody, it seems, uh, lately. Uh, in January, right before we started the show, we had the Australian brush fires, uh, which, again, was, I, I think I remember doing one show about that. Like, one show, maybe one segment about that. The death of Kobe Bryant was in January as well. Doesn't that feel like that was in January of 1865? It feels like so long ago, but it was really only like a year ago. Uh, then there was the East African locust swarms. Now, we did do six, six, uh, six months of shows on the East African locust swarms. You all remember them. I don't remember them, but you probably do. The first impeachment of Donald Trump happened in February of 2020. Of 2020! That's it. This pen, the Nancy Pelosi sucks pens, which we launched like right before this show started. That was 
last year somehow. It seems impossible. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle ste- stepped down from their royal uh, duties and more importantly, screwed up all the Suits reunion shows. Uh, Tokyo Summer Olympics were postponed, of course, because of COVID. And now they're going to have them this year, but they're still calling them Tokyo 2020. That screwed up. Russia caused the world's largest ar- Arctic oil spill. It's a good timing for it because I don't even remember that happening at all. The Minneapolis riots. I do remember that. We did a lot of shows about that. Yeah, BLM burning down Minneapolis and so many other cities all across America. Then murder hornets came. Remember the murder hornets? They were 14 feet tall and they attacked major cities. And I don't know. They may have been the cause of most of the fires all around the country. Kanye West announced a presidential run. He got about 70,000 votes nationwide. Not a good showing for Kanye. For some reason, people didn't want him leading the country. We'll have to look into that later. Remember the Beirut explosion? That was like the biggest bomb I've ever seen go off. I mean, it wasn't really a bomb per se, but it was a giant explosion. Wiped out this whole city. Does it even register anymore for most people? Chadwick Boseman uh, passed away. Uh, and uh, that's uh, very sad and tragic, um, although Black Panther was not a good movie. And I, just, I just thought I'd tell you that. Uh, West Coast wildfires, that was a big deal in August. Um, Eddie Van Halen passed away. Yeah, that's true. Um, Alex Trebek passed away. So that one, oh, crushing, crushing loss. And Joe Biden wins the presidency, uh, another crushing loss. The fact that we have a president has Robinette as his middle name is, is an American disgrace. It's an, we, sh- we almost should just shut down the country because of it. Point is, it's been a long year. Thank you so much for sticking around for it. We have a lot of great stuff coming up today and a lot of great stuff coming up in the future. We're going to be talking to you soon about a 200th episode slash one year anniversary power hour. We've got another special coming up on that. Um, we have a lot of really cool things coming up this year. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to go through 200 episodes in the middle of the worst time of all of our lives. <laughs> I mean, hundreds of thousands of people have died and we've come in here and tried to not only give you reliable information, which I mean, I think if you look back at the show first 200 episodes, that's worked out pretty well. I mean, I don't know how many shows you watched before the election that predicted uh, Joe Biden would have 306 electoral votes exactly. But you watched this show and you saw it right here. A lot of stuff has happened on the show, and I think our record's pretty good. I think we tried to bring comedy, too, and have a good time instead of, you know, sulking in all of our misery for the entire year. We'll just keep doing that. I mean, that's, that's what we're going to do here. Whether it works or not, or not, whether you show up or not, whether the world ends or not, we're just going to keep coming here, trying to make you laugh, give you the information we think is right, and then we'll move on with our lives. And we'll all go home, and we'll just, I don't know, spend some time with our families, maybe drown ourselves in vodka. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Back in a second. So let's just say there's a giant riot outside of your house every other day in Minneapolis and you want to move and get the heck out of the city because they've tried to defund your police department and you want to move to a new city. You might need to find a good real estate agent. And that's where Real Estate Agents I Trust comes in. I remember Glenn back in, I think it was maybe the Connecticut when he lived in Connecticut and he was trying to sell his home and he would just come in whining about it every day. And I'd say, shut up, just stop whining. Just do something about it. Stop talking to me about it. And then he created realestateagentsitrust.com. That's why I'm going to sue him for probably half the company soon. I think it was pretty much my idea. That's a totally separate thing. It's a different legal track. I just got, I hired Lynn Wood to represent me. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Make sure you can go there, get your, the best real estate agent in your area to serve your needs. You can do that. 
You don't have to just take some random person from the phone book. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome to the program, Jason Buttrell, a head writer and research for the Glenn Beck program. And, of course, all of his various projects, entities, and more. Jason, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to get your take on the Capitol thing here. We haven't talked since that happened. You kind of go, I mean, you came to this world of television and writing for Glenn Beck through the world of security and, and the military. Yep. Um, can you give me a couple thoughts on what the hell happened? Well, so I actually knew people that were planning on going uh, beforehand and they were asking me about it. And we were there during the million, was it the million MAGA march mm-hmm. or whatever? This was, I think, right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were there, it was exactly what you would expect from a right-leaning protest or gathering to be. Mm-hmm. There was people singing in the streets for crying out loud. Um, there was a huge police presence. Um, they weren't overbearing at all, but they were just very controlling. So, like, on the day of it, you could not drive in at all. You had to take the train or walk in. It was nuts. Mm. Um, but... I don't even think it even really had to be that clamp down on that day because they were just behaving themselves. Um, there was there was no big deal. And there was um, hundreds of thousands of people there and it was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. That's what you would expect. Uh, yes, we've seen that so many times from right leaning gatherings like this. Exactly. And so when I saw the, the Capitol attack day, I, I saw uh, uh, it looked like it was more of a relaxed position as far as the security. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the storming of a building in a second. But I, I think that this really took everyone by surprise. It took everyone. I don't think the left expected this. I don't think anyone on our side expected this at all. And they pretty much, they as in the security, pretty much handled it like they would any, you know, other, you know, right-leaning gathering would be. Yeah. That's didn't expect any problems. No. Uh, now we're starting to hear reports that you know they 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 had some warning or concern, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange uh, that they still kind of set up as business as usual if they did have some concerns. But even then, that could sh- say that, you know, the, the, the local security, the Capitol Police, weren't really putting much credit to it. They just really they did didn't not believe think it, it was going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, and there's reason for that position to be taken. Right. right. Like it's, right. There's, there's a good argument to say that, like, there's not going to be problems. We've seen this so many times. We've been at so many of these events where, you know, conservatives are, I mean, you know, there, people are now resurfacing tweets from people, you know, like, uh, like Charlie Kirk, I saw is one of the guys I saw them where he says, you know what, when we lose elections, we don't riot. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't destroy property. It's true. Um, and it's been true the whole time. It was certainly true when Charlie said it, I think in 2018, I can't remember this ever happening before. That's part of why I think it, sh- it, it was, it shook conservatives like it did. Right. Um, absolutely. And, but I mean, there's, not expecting it is no excuse for not being prepared for mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the head of the Capitol Police, I think he stepped down. Yeah, um, I mean, they're clearing house, uh, really. which is great because I think they need to be gone. Um, I've been in my former job, like you, like you pointed out, I've been at businesses, private businesses. I got to be careful not to divulge any <laughs> names, yeah, yeah. Um, but at private businesses to where their security was built on not expecting it, but being prepared if something ever did happen. And I remember thinking at the time, this is kind of ridiculous that this company has this amount of security measures, you know, because there was really no threats and everything was fine. Right. And uh, they weren't political in any way, shape or form, whatever. They never pissed anybody off, but they had them. And some of these measures were like, I mean, a lot more uh, security presence at at entrances. Mm -hmm. There was some videos where there was just like one cop that was standing like in a yeah. hallway. Yeah. And there's, well, literally, what do you expect that poor man to do? 
I, I felt so heartbroken for him because he was like yelling at him and he was like holding a baton or yeah. something like that. And he did an amazing job. I he, mean, yeah, he I really mean, did. he probably it, saved lives. I mean, and, oh, absolutely. He delayed them enough for the rest of them to, to you know, to, for the for them to, you know, shelter in place mm-hmm. all the other congressmen. But I mean, I, a normal person would have just tucked tail and ran out of there because mm-hmm. he was literally staring at 100 people walking towards him. What I mean, and that's what I'm saying. They were not prepared for that at all. I've been at private businesses. They have, uh, you know, like those, uh, uh, like, like you see in the mall after it's uh, closed, yeah, those little yeah. things come mm-hmm, down, those mm-hmm. little gates. They have those things at various choke points within uh, their building that if someone hits the button, boom, those things come down. Wow. I, was, I remember talking with you about the supposed rape button, you know, in Matt Lauer's yes. uh, office. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how he wielded that. He might have wielded that in some nefarious ways, mm-hmm. but that is very common in public figures and high-level CEOs. Yeah, and if you remember this, if you don't remember the story, it was a button that was like underneath the desk or something of Matt Lauer. He could hit it and it would lock the door, right? It would like essentially lock him in. And, you know, the, the accusation was he was using that to lock like interns in the room so he could do things right. to them. Um, but that that button is common for to keep people out in case there's a security breakdown. Exactly. And they even go so, even further in some uh, in some security plans in some of these buildings to where there is a master button that closes multiple doors. I mean, this is the U.S. Capitol. You would yeah. think that this would be one of the most guarded buildings in the country, in the world. So uh, one to ten, one being completely understandable, ten being the worst failure of security planning in, in history. What is this? Where does this range? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, this is probably a ten. I mean, if not worse, really. I mean, so it is really like because I look at the, 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 the Capitol Police and see that for what they had, they fought valiantly and, mm-hmm. did, a, and did a good job. They just were so out man there was nothing they could do right it was this was not the fault of the people that like like that one man that yeah. was holding people this is not their fault mm-hmm. this is their boss's fault yeah. for letting it get to this and they're they're paying for that and, uh, and, with their jobs and that's good but i would i would have loved to see something go f- further i would love to see like they haven't talked about you know, in Congress or anywhere about upgrading the security of the building. I haven't seen that anywhere. Yeah. That's something that needs to be done now. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're a terrorist, what are you expecting right now? Right. You're looking at that and like, that's all you have to do? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get to that because this this is interesting. This is not just about MAGA protesters who, you know, uh, who are going after the Capitol. This is uh, sending a signal to the world, I think, um, and our enemies so in these moments, what are our enemies thinking and what are they doing? Um, in, in terms of like when they see chaos like this, they see not even just the Capitol, but just this whole situation. Threats of violence, uh, actual violence, um, unrest, people questioning election results. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are a nation in chaos right now. And foreign uh, opponents look to take advantage of those situations, don't they? Yeah, um, especially diplomatically. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard for us. And Russia, uh, Russia is probably about to be a lot more vocal once you know, the Biden administration tries to do things in retaliation to Russia on some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can we sit back and you know, say, uh, you, know, you better fix your democracy you know, or we're going like, to withhold aid you know, or the way you ran your election? Yeah, I mean, how, right. How you, do we have an argument? Look at all the ammo they have. Um, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll look at any time we point out that, oh, you know, there's in Moscow today, there's 30,000 people protesting against Vladimir Putin. They'll throw this back in our face, yeah. you know, the, the capital. It, it's making it very hard for us to plead our case um, overseas. And, and, and they will take advantage of that. Absolutely. I, I think one of the things that's interesting is that 
you know, the, the whole Trump persona is built on strength. And the people who support him are like, we need to show strength. Trump said it in a speech. We need to show strength. All these things. What this shows, though, is weakness. It, sh- it makes us look vulnerable. I mean, how many times have we watched like episodes of 24 where like <laughs> 700 terrorists combine for a plot to get into the Capitol and like do something terrible? These guys are just like walking over from a rally with like their flags and getting into the Capitol. It makes us look weak. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I hate that uh, that projection of strength as if that makes you look, you know, I don't know, more competent or more together or whatever. It's not. I mean, there's, Vladimir Putin, there's a reason why he kills journalists. Um, they crack down on protests uh, with actually killing them. Um, and other places in the world, like China, it comes from weakness. It doesn't come from strength. It's because they have people that they've pissed off, their people, and they know that regime survival is their primary number one thing they've got to hold on to. Why are you so scared? It's because they know that it can be taken from them. Mm-hmm. So they have to do everything possible to keep people under a boot. And yeah, it's, 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 it comes from weakness. It, this is not, it's, Vladimir Putin is not a strong leader. Xi Jinping is not a strong leader. They're weak leaders. And I, I think eventually that will work itself out. But I mean, the, authoritarian regimes always fall and they always fall because their people finally end up standing against it and overthrowing them. Um, let me ask you about some of the terminology used around this. And I, I, I've struggled with this because I don't want to signal anything other than this pissed me off. Like I <laughs> freaking hated this. I said it was a national disgrace right as it was happening. I believe that to the second. Th- that is absolutely unacceptable. Anybody involved in, the, in, in criminal action there should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I have absolutely no problem with that. No excuses whatsoever. The terminology that's been throwing around around it, and this is we've seen this in the impeachment article, um, the word insurrection, the word coup, uh, sedition. How many of these apply here? Because I look at this and say, if there was a real attempt at a coup that was with planning and weapons and things like that, we would have actually been really vulnerable to it. But part of me looks at this and sees people like, you know, you know, alt-right internet personalities in Nancy Pelosi's office and doesn't really think it's a, a, an actual coup attempt. Yeah. How do you see that? Are those words appropriate to use here? No. No, no, no. Uh, likewise, it's not okay to call them terrorists. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're not terrorists, but they were also not insurrectionists. These were just a bunch of group of thugs that, you know, took advantage of a situation. It was a small amount of, of, of percentage-wise of the people that were there that decided to take advantage of the situation. I've, uh, when we were at the, uh, the, like, the, uh, the Million Maga March back in December, um, you saw the same people. They would walk around at night. They're the ones that you have a hard time to, to deciphering if they're Antifa or if they're or what <laughs> side they're on. Right. They've got the co- they've got combat gear on. Some dress in black. Some dress in camo. Um, but you can tell it. They've got bulletproof vests on. They're there to fight. That's what they're there for. Um, and that situation, it was just I don't know, a lot more emotionally charged. They were counting the freaking electoral college votes. Um, just you know, football filled away. Yeah. And you know, they they just were able to take advantage. I, I don't think you can call them any of those things. So it was not a coup. It was not an insurrection. It was just Sedition a coup. is the one I think you could argue is in that they were trying to disrupt government activities, right? Like, and that is, you know, kind of part of the definition of sedition. But, mm. but like, an ins- like, I think of an insurrection as an attempt to overthrow the government. Mm. Number one, 
they were trying to maintain the government as it, they believed Donald Trump should continue to be president. So they weren't necessarily overthrowing the current president. Um, but, but number two, like, I don't think that that was their goal. I don't think they had some plan or like at the end, like I kept thinking of in the middle of all that chaos, the movie Valkyrie, which I freaking love. Right? Yeah. Anytime Tom Cruise and Nazis are coming on the screen, I'm going to watch it. Um, but there's that moment of chaos where the bomb goes off. Uh, spoiler alert, they don't kill Hitler. And, but they're back and trying to take over the government and convince everybody Hitler's dead. And there's just scramble for power. And there were scenes that they gave me the um, the optics, the feeling of that type of moment. It was crazy. Like, what is happening? We're like, where are the cops? Where are the troops to come in and end this? But like, I don't think, you know, crazy Internet YouTube celebrity guy was in there thinking, I'm going to take over the government. He wants to go in there probably and yell and maybe hurt. Uh, politicians, but it, it wasn't like a an, an organized governmental overthrow in my mind. Is that the right way to think about it? No, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think I'm probably not going to be, uh, it's probably not going to be a very popular take, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but um, I'm going to make it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see them exact, what happened is exactly what happened over the summer with the BLM riots. Mm-hmm. Um, both sides have been, were lied to. They were lied to mm-hmm. um, the BLM, all those people. They were lied. They they've been told by the mass media, by politicians, anybody else is going to take advantage that this is a racist country. All cops are racist and they're killing black people in mass, which is false. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those things is false. Mm-hmm. But they were able to whip enough people up. Maybe a bit of truth in that, like there are certain incidents that were bad, but like. There's no genocide on black people by police. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but but I for, but you truly believe that a lot of them think that's what's going on. Yeah. So they went out there and they went nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little maybe a little fault on ours for not sympathizing with what they really thought in the first place. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of people like on Twitter and say, you know, the right should have learned a little empathy and and reaching out to them a little mm-hmm. bit more. Maybe that's a good criticism. I don't know, but. On, 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 the, on the right side, they've relied to about the election for nonstop, like saying that, you know, that the, all these votes were tampered with and all this stuff. No, despite not having any evidence to that whatsoever. Mm. You have things that look suspicious, things that need to be looked into. Sure. But I mean, when that's all you've been all you hear from your group of people, that's all you, you know and what you believe. And they went off and went crazy. I, I see the two things that are exactly the same. Yeah, I think there is a lot of similarity. I mean, I think the imagery of the Capitol event is different because, you know, this is the Capitol. And like, you know, there is something about that. And they were in the middle of doing this major sort of governmental function that is a very important constitutional function. But on the other hand, you know, much more damage done in the BLM riots, you know, much more uh, death, mm-hmm. uh, much more uh, destruction of buildings and personal property. Yeah, that's not even close. Yeah, I, I just see what drove them to do it. I yeah, see, I yeah. see, mm-hmm. I see similarities in it, but I do think that, you know, but just like I said, maybe the right didn't sympathize enough. I think the left, is, well, they obviously haven't sympathized at all with what caused this. And I think we really need to know that. I don't, I don't even think they're doing it just for Trump. I, I, I think that, you know, all of this is not about just Trump. It's about a marginalized, you know, side that does not, you know, agree with what's going on in the country. Mm-hmm. They're not being listened to. And they feel like they're being lied to by the media, which in that case, they are being lied to a lot in the media. Yeah. Um, if we fail to understand why they feel that way, and if we fail to, you know, to reach out and to try to come to some, you know, something, you know, uh, as to why people feel this this way, then this is going to continue. It's just going to continue. And the way the left is acting right now, it's just going to goad them on. So last uh, question here, because I think, you know, there's a lot of questions about who's responsible for what happened at the Capitol. 
And there is this foundation late, I think, and you know, we've talked about it several times. I mean, it was built on a lot of lies. I mean, Donald Trump did not win this election in a landslide. That just is not, just yeah. not true. Um, I know for a fact that a lot of the people in the, in the government, they didn't believe Donald Trump won this election, but they kept coming out and saying for it and voting for you know, inquiry after inquiry and not saying what they actually believed was, was true. Some of them out of fear, from, uh, you know, for threats, some of them out of fear for their political futures. Uh, I, I think this happened in the media, conservative media as well. There just wasn't a lot of this. There wasn't a lot of people saying, you know what, Joe Biden just won this election. Uh, even if you think there were really qu- questions about X, Y and Z, you could have at least said Joe Biden's going to be inaugurated on January 20th with a lot of certainty, at least a couple of weeks after the election. People didn't say that. A lot of people kept this sort of thing going, including, number one, Donald Trump. Um, And it did fuel this. I mean, I'm a big believer and you can't blame criminal actions on someone who's making a speech. But still, there is there is a question to be asked about conservatives, whether this was handled correctly. Yes. um, Now, this is where my rational side goes out the window Mm -hmm. and uh, my anger towards the last four years comes out. Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly fine with what Senator uh, Ted Cruz was doing. Um, Holly, I'm perfectly fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm even, <laughs> on a certain level, I'm even fine that, that uh, President Trump is making it so hard on them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, ha- I mean, the le- the left, they're saying that the, you know, I do believe that the election, you know, I won in a landslide. That's a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's it's not true. The but Sidney so is, Powell, the Linwood stuff. Exactly, right? yeah. some of that stuff. But then, so was the Russia investigation. Mm-hmm. So was, um, you whipped people up and started impeachment on a freaking phone call. Um, I'm sorry. Like, it's been nonstop resistance. Nonstop. Even the yeah, day after no, he was true. elected. Marches. How many marches? Women's marches. Tax marches. <laughs> yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. So I want them to feel pain, Stu. <laughs> hey, I, wa- hey, I want it to start right, right. now. I, no. wanted, I, want, I want Biden to be impeached like 13,000 times over four years. I don't know if that's possible, but we might be able to try it. I guess though, the question is, doesn't that... Because I feel that too, right? Like, I feel that over the past four years. I, I felt it many times. But doesn't that lead to this? Yep. Isn't that the, the fuel, the foundation of not only uh, the Capitol, but also the summer? Yeah. It's that hatred of both sides. It's not even talking about things. You know, it is that like you want the other side to feel pain. Yeah. That is the foundation of this. Are you worried about that at all? Yes. <laughs> it's escalatory. Yes. It, you know, it's hard to get out of the feeling of the moment, yeah. with it, which I do. But, yeah, you got to It's a good point. Like, where does this end? Yeah. You know, I mean, you could make the case that maybe even the right, the right started it with uh, Bill Clinton. You could make the case for that. You really did. Um, you could. I mean, you could go back to Reagan, though, very easily and, and see that they came. You know, who knows who started it at this point? Uh, but we just know it's going to end badly because that's what we deserve in America these days. We can't have nice things. I would like to pay them back and then just have them forget the war started. And it oh. goes back to normal after this next four years. I think they'll accept those. Terms. I think they'll accept that. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck. Uh, thanks for stopping in. Be sure to uh, check out Jason's work and all the conservative uh, media that we have here on Blaze TV. I don't know if you've noticed all the bannings and everything. Uh, there's never been a more important time than to consider a blaze tv subscription if that's something that's in your wheelhouse blaze tv.com slash stew be sure to enter code uh, stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and they're going to save you 30 bucks off your subscription jason butchel thanks for coming on the program thanks all right back in a second you know trying to fight as best i could uh i remember like guys were stripping me of my gear, these rioters, uh, pulling my badge off my chest, um, 
they ripped my radio off of uh, off my vest, started pulling uh, like ammunition magazines from their holder uh, on my belt. And then some guys started getting a hold of my gun and uh, they were screaming out, um, you know, kill him with his own gun. Um, at that point, you know, it was just like self-preservation. Um, you know, how do I survive this situation? I mean, this is just so bad. That was police officer uh, Michael Fedone. He was there uh, and, and being attacked. And, and in several, again, this does not seem consistent with anybody I've ever heard on this side of the aisle. But still, uh, the fact is that it happened and it's uh, really ugly. And uh, it's hard to imagine that it happened. It's so weird how some of this stuff can get into people's heads and poison them. Let me give you this picture. This is uh, Christine Priola. She is a school therapist who stormed the Capitol and got to the VP's chair. She quit her job the day after the riot, saying, I will be switching paths to expose the global evil of human trafficking and pedophilia, including in our government and children's services agencies. The reason I bring this picture up is I, I, it strikes me as really interesting in that, like, she just looks like a normal person to me. Get out. I mean, here's a person who's storming the Capitol, who's quitting her job as a school therapist uh, because uh, obviously like stopping pedophilia and child trafficking is a worthwhile uh, uh, pursuit. We do t millions of dollars of charity has gone to uh, OUR to, on that front. But like this is like someone who's got the poison of these conspiracy theories and has changed their entire lives and ruined their lives in some ways. She's now arrested. We'll see what happens. We'll give you updates as they come. You may be familiar with my next guest. His name is Pat Gray, and he hosts a program called Pat Gray Unleashed. You can see it right here on Blaze TV and YouTube. Be sure to head over there and subscribe right now. Pat. Why, thank you for that nice introduction, Stu. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, hell of a week. Oof. Uh, yeah. What, what do you, yeah. I mean, give me, give me your views of just, take me through your feelings on this. Uh... Hell in a handbasket would mm. be a phrase that I would use. <laughs> probably where, yeah. where we're headed. Yeah. Hell in a handbasket. Um, so, and then the handbasket is probably wet at the bottom, and we just might fall out of it <laughs> on the way and wind so, up in South Hell. Yeah, you just get uh, deeper yeah. hell is right. what you fall into yes. there. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's horrific that this happened to um, or from people on the right in large part. I mean, I know there were instigators on the left. There's extreme fringe groups. But seriously, this is something that don't, we're better than this, right? We're, we're, on the right, yeah. we have higher standards than that. You expect it from the left. That's what they do. But you don't expect it uh, from people who are Trump supporters. I think that's been one of the hardest things to deal with going through this yeah. as someone who's conservative. And we've sort of had this point in our favor all of these years that when we're out there after something we didn't like, we might r rally, <clears throat> we might protest, mm -hmm. but we, you know, leave, as they always say, leave the place cleaner than when we started. I mean, and that, I think a lot of that, that phraseology comes from restoring honor in Washington, D.C., yep. where that really did happen. And it happened over and over and over again. And a much bigger crowd. Yeah. That, much bigger. Much bigger. Probably 10 Ten times the size. At least, yeah, I would yeah. think, yeah. But that high ground is, is no longer ours, I think, after watching no, this. No, and it's, it's, it's disappointing. And to see how uh, our side has 
behaved over the last, you know, four or five years has been disappointing, you know, because, again, there are things that I thought we were better than that we just got all bogged down in yeah. instead and wallowing in the muck with the left. I hate that. Yeah. Well, there's this attitude and this has been a uh, I've talked about it many times here. I think I've talked about it with you before. There's this battle bef- between two sides of conservative conservatism. One is. I don't know. Someone had, I think it was Josh Hammer who who uh, summarized it this way: uh, the old school wants to lose with dignity; the new school wants to fight to the end. Mm. And I, you know, my my composition of that is to fight to the end with dignity. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I do yeah. want to fight, but I want to fight with dignity. It's a false premise. I, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I think you know he's just summarizing the two sides of the argument. But I, I think that like. The rise of the fight till the end side is sort of like what leads to this, is it not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and where do we go from here now? Who, who is the person that carries our banner? They've done uh, everything they can possibly do to try to uh, make Donald Trump radioactive mm-hmm. and toxic. And so is he. And, <laughs> At least and in some cases, so is he. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who's up? Who do we have on the bench in the bullpen ready to go? It's hard to imagine somebody who could really carry that torch uh, for conservatives into the next presidential election cycle. I, I keep coming up with maybe Christy Nome. Yeah, maybe it seems to be the way people go. Yeah. Um, and Nikki I don't, Haley, I don't, possibly. But she's kind of faded <laughs> off into the distance. I don't know why people go to Christy Nome. Other than uh, the fact that she happens to be an attractive female. Yes. Uh, and just because mm. of the fact that Ron DeSantis has at least as good a record or better than Noam when it comes to fighting the virus and mm. is a much bigger state and uh, has been more in the central fight to this. Christy Noam is, is great. And I like Christy Noam a lot, but I don't know why. Because I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, what about Christy Noam? But it's like. <laughs> I mean, Ron DeSantis, I think, has probably the best argument. DeSantis here. is a, that's a good option that I don't think of really ever. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> I why. Don't know why. Yeah, I don't he's a know governor why. of Florida. Yeah, he's I, done a good job, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, he probably would be a good alternative. Maybe even in, uh, from that same state, um, Marco Rubio. I'm not sure if he's mm-hmm. been completely destroyed for the future, but you know, he's tried to walk the line yeah, very he well has. here. Uh, yes, and I, you know, uh, he's 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 his policy package isn't exactly what I like, uh, mm-hmm. but he hasn't. Well, I think like Josh Hawley did himself real damage, probably. And so did probably Ted, Ted Cruz, yeah, Cruz um, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Standing in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah. um, where you know, Tom Cotton and Marco Rubio probably on the other side of that uh, line. Yeah. But I mean, I don't I don't know that there's someone who to who stands out in that like. Here's the savior. And I think that's probably the wrong way of thinking about it. Certainly when you're saying savior as far as religious, probably should keep that one, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe cordoned off yeah. uh, as a term. But like there is this idea that this, you know, some magical guy is going to come down and he's going to be the person who mm-hmm. who destroys, the, 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 you know, the left and, and, and throws conservatism back to where it's supposed to be. But I feel like that's the same trap we got in with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of people who saw Trump as a special figure that was going to change everything because out of his own sheer will, not least of all, Trump himself, who kept saying, I'm, only I can solve these things. We can't look at it that way, right? I mean, that's the wrong no. way of thinking of saving the country and conservatism in general. Yeah. And, you know, Donald Trump was not a conservative either. Mm. Donald Trump really changed the Republican Party. It's not really a conservative party anymore. No. 
Um, it is. It, there's this. This is a civil war that's about to start. Yeah. You know, p- political civil war inside Within the, the party. Republican Party to figure out who gets power after this. Yes. Because the Trump people aren't going away. The old school conservatives are going to try to get back to power. This is going to be a trying battle. But, you know, you look at the last election cycle with uh, in the primary with Trump versus what, 17 other guys, about seven or eight of those were really solid Mm -hmm. guys that I could really get behind. I I mean, most of them are are kind of spoiled now in my mind. I think of them like I think of curdled milk. (laughs) I wouldn't. uh, wouldn't participate in it. Would you vote for curdled milk no. for president? No, I would no? not. No, under no circumstances. Under no circumstances. Mm, that's, so. uh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the interesting things about you as, as watching this, and I thought about this as I was watching all of this go down, you and Glenn would be the two that I would think of that might be most offended by what happened at the Capitol because you guys are like, you guys believe in these institutions. You have like almost a romantic view of America and yeah. certainly a faith-filled view of America. I mean, to see this happen Definitely. in front of our eyes was just awful. It was tragic. Yeah, it really was. And to see it come, at least in part from our side, was really tragic. Um, so how do you deal with that? So Because you've got, you've got people who were... Let's take the Antifa people. There were a couple of left-wing people. that One of them has been arrested already. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about that a little bit. We talked about it on the News and Why It Matters, if you missed that uh, today. Um, but taking that aside, we know there were a lot of people that were, quote-unquote, from the right. And you look at the groups there. You, you have probably some normal people. Maybe that got caught up in the, in the action. Mm-hmm. You have uh, QAnon people. You have Boogaloo boys or whatever. You have all sorts of these sort of fringe groups, militia groups, um, people who would call themselves Trump supporters, but I don't consider them to be conservatives. What do you do? What, what should, what's the right approach for conservatives to kind of look at this and say, you know, do we try to ostracize these people? Do we try to convince them to come back? Well, what do you do? Well, it's really hard because I don't know that. I, I don't even know who the Boogaloo boys are. Right, wherever right. I, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just haven't studied it. I, I yeah. didn't care because they're fringe groups and I don't really study fringe groups a lot. Uh, other than Alex Jones, maybe because he's fun <laughs> uh, to look into yeah. uh, and says amazing things. But as for the Proud Boys and yep. the Boog- Boogaloo Boys, and you know, I hear what they say about themselves, but I don't really know all that much about them. It's hard uh, to say whether or not they should be ostracized and shunned, but probably just because the uh, the media has focused on them so much and they make it look like if you're associated with these people or because the Republican Party is associated with with these people, uh, we're all kooks. The left does a great job at painting everybody with that same brush. That's why we fought so hard against the birther movement mm. uh, during the Obama years. It, the birther movement wasn't real, but you could not convince a really good segment of really good percentage of people that that it it wasn't real. And so they use we're that, gonna have that right? same trouble here. Yeah, because I mean, it's easy now to say all Trump supporters are these people. Yeah, these people who went after the Capitol. Mm-hmm. This is it's it's an easy case to make, especially to people who aren't particularly engaged, right? Like you know, the, you think these votes are always won by people who pay attention to politics for about two weeks a year, you know, right around the election. Uh, who should we vote mm-hmm. for? Oh, I don't like that guy. I'm gonna vote for the other guy. And these impressions are really important. And, Very. and you think coming after the BLM stuff and all these riots and everything, 
this is a, a good time for us to be able to make the case, hey, we're the peaceful ones. I mean, you know, right. it's quite clear. And that's been totally lost now. Yeah, exactly. We lost that high ground. So, yeah, I, it's going to be a tough couple of years. If we can survive till 2022, I'm hoping that enough people will see what these Democrats are all about, mm-hmm. that they're really socialists. That'll scare the hell out of them. And there'll be such an overwhelming wave of going back to Republicanism that that uh, it'll be easier to deal with in the presidential election. That's my hope. Yeah. I don't know that that's going to happen, but it usually does when the other side is in power. Yeah. They always overstep their their bounds a little bit. Um, One more before you go. Uh, The media. The media has been really frustrating through this. Oh, I've been. Yeah. They act as if we forgot the last year when they were burning (laughs) down every city in America and excusing it. And now. I mean, being someone who I think is trying to be consistent, it's easy for me to say the BLM riot was bad and the QAnon riot was bad. I have no problem saying that. They did have a problem saying both of them were bad. Yeah. And now we have to sit here and get lectured by them. I can't can't take it. And I just saw Don Lemon, who's one of the most agonizing people on the face of the planet now. (laughs) And uh, Chris Cuomo, who's even worse than, I believe, uh, Andrew Cuomo. Definitely Mm -hmm. just he's awfuler than his brother. We have this one. Yes, I love it. Chris Cuomo is worse. There you go. We are we are coming up with a Don Lemon is worse or oh, okay. that's on the way. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other day they were talking about the fact that you can't compare uh, you can't compare the BLM and Antifa riots to the Capitol building riots. Why the hell not? Yeah, why not? What are you talking about? Of course I can, and I'm going to, and I do every day because people need to remember that they didn't care at all about no. violence, cities burning down, overturning cars, going after police. You know, 47 people were killed during those riots. Jeez. 47. And now they're all indignant. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, the only difference between the BLM riots and the Capitol QAnon riots, because they're both based on very loose connections to the truth, yeah. uh, including the BLM riots. But the only thing is that the shooting happened in Minneapolis and not in Washington, D.C. Right. If that shooting happened or the death of George Floyd happened in Washington, D.C., the same thing would have occurred that we saw the other day. The other thing that's interesting to note is that the Capitol riots happened at a federal building. The riots that BLM and Antifa were responsible for were wiping out small business people who were their neighbors. Yeah. I mean, that that should be worse to these people, right? I thought they were all about the little guy. How many little guys got wiped out completely? <laughs> I think my favorite part of this whole thing, though, Pat, is they, people are just indignant. They just are were so scared for Mike Pence's life oh, on the left. Uh, they just, weren't they, 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 though? They cherish Mike Pence so much. <laughs> after they basically wanted him to you know, be thrown out of office and God only knows what oh. else for four years. That's their big concern. Agonizing. It's, it's really tough to take. But, uh, Pat yeah. Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed on Blaze TV. Thanks for coming on the program. Of course, you can get access to Pat's content as well as uh, all the hosts on our network with a subscription to Blaze TV for a limited time. They got 30 bucks off. Go to blazetv.com slash stew enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show the 30 bucks off is for a limited time pat thanks for coming on the program thank you back in a second all right thank you for uh, making it all the way to the end of the program uh, if you have done so, you're part of the Cool Kids Club, and only the Cool Kids Club can make it to the last segment. If you've done all that work already, please just throw us a like. Click like if you are watching on YouTube, or review us, rate us, subscribe, all the things. We really appreciate it. All the links are up, is up at stewdoesamerica.com. And it's our 200th episode today, a celebration. Last year, if you remember, we did a 100th celebration. Power Hour was a big hit with everybody. People are asking, should we do a 200th episode? Well, 
we can announce that we are going to be doing a 200th episode Power Hour. Going to kind of coincide with our first year anniversary. Uh, coming up soon, I think at the week of February 10th, I think is the week we're doing this. So keep, uh, keep around uh, and we'll give you all the details. More drinking and political analysis combined. Why the hell not? We'll see you next week.